Thunder Media. On this edition of Inside Motorsport, we catch up with Peter Norton on his Le Mans experience. I hope you'll stay with us. And it's back to Lamore for this episode of Inside Motorsport. Peter Norton joining us after his first 24-hour experience. And Peter, what was the atmosphere of the 100th year of the Lamore 24-hour event? Uh, Craig, it was amazing. Uh, the, the scale of this event on a scale of 1 to 10 is nuts. Um, well over 10. Uh, the, the, the number of people that they pack into everything that they do, whether it's the this parade, uh, the people with a, a special access to go onto the grid, absolute thousands, tens of thousands of people on the grid. Uh, and then the podium celebration is, uh, it's, you've just never seen anything like it, where all of the pitch straight is just chock-a-block full of people. Uh, and that's on top of all of the people that are in the grandstands there as well. Uh, and of course, the atmosphere of that many people cheering the winners is uh, over the top. Uh, and then just for the uh, absolute uh, uh, cream of it all, it was a Ferrari victory. So then you multiply that excitement by about three to capture the experience. First time Ferrari has won in a, a, a period like 50 years at the top level in the hypercars they were running on this occasion, but in that outright class. And they were able to dominate the whole race. They were there or thereabouts. But I must say in that first three hours when the Peugeot was right up there, that would have had the, the locals really engaged and, and making some noise. Uh, y- yes, indeed. Uh, throughout the whole weekend, uh, I-, I wasn't familiar with many of the drivers, uh, but you could tell who were the, the, the local favourites, of course, by the fans going nuts. Uh, and, yeah, the, the Peugeot team had a lot of local support, uh, as you would expect. And I think that's the fact so many people, not that it was just the 100th, um, it's the fact that it was competitive at the front again, that we had a, a wide range of manufacturers throwing serious resources at it. And although the, the Peugeots were never favourites, um, as the strategy played out and they were staying out of trouble, uh, yeah, they, they were right up there. They weren't left behind as many thought might have happened. Uh, it was also interesting that uh, uh, a somewhat customer Porsche, uh, the, the Jota Porsche uh, st- uh, sponsored by Hertz, uh, it was in the running quite strongly, leading there for a while uh, until it uh, struck a few problems itself. Uh, so there was plenty of surprises that kept the whole thing interesting. Uh, many people thought that the Ferrari uh, had gained from a balance of performance adjustment to some of the other cars immediately before the race and uh, a little bit nervous that it was a bit of a stitch-up for, for the Ferrari brand. But uh, but really, most of the others just weren't good enough on the day. Uh, there was a serious challenge by Toyota that went really quite late into the race, uh, some sort of challenging uh, you know, pitch strategy trying to, keep, to catch each other out. But ultimately, the Toyota... Uh, did have a, a mishap, uh, a, a spin going into one of the chicanes uh, with about three hours to go, I think it was, uh, and that really handled, handed it all to the Ferrari quite comfortably. Ferrari didn't have it all its own way. The uh, pole sitting 50, um, it tangled with a, a slower car uh, uh, that I thought was going to put it out, but they uh, managed to get back out there. 
but it was Car 51 that uh, that led the day. Uh, I think the uh, the marketing people would have preferred Car 50 to win because it was 50 years since the, they last played in the top level. Uh, car 50 had pole position, uh, and it just would have been uh, numerologically uh, uh, better with Car 50. But that wasn't the case. 51 was simply too good. Uh, the speed they had over a single lap, uh, people were thought was great, didn't think they would last throughout the race, but they showed they could turn that speed back on whenever they needed to build a buffer. And on the podium, three different manufacturers, Ferrari on the top step, Toyota on the right and on the left, Cadillac Racing, in what was a special event for Cadillac as they are moving out and it'll be the Corvette Stingray that'll be taking up the mantle in the years to come for the GM brand. Yes, it does amaze me a little bit how strong the, the GM brand and the effort they put into uh, here in Europe, but clearly it's a, it's a big market for them. Uh, and they're, they're, if you want to uh, build your brand on racing pedigree, you have to race at Le Mans, don't you? Yes, certainly in the sports car stakes. Now, for the New Zealand contingent, what are they? What is in the water in New Zealand? They had five drivers, five New Zealand drivers. Uh, sorry, no, four New Zealand drivers in the top five, with Brendan Hartley finishing second, Earl Bamber finishing third, and Scott Dixon finishing in fourth place. And then for the the Southern Hemisphere cheering, it was Ryan Briscoe back there in sixth place. Um, yes, this this is an age-old uh, debate that many of us have about the state of Australian motorsport. Um, over in New Zealand, it's much more accessible at the junior levels. Uh, uh, young Kiwis are uh, uh, participating in carts and speedway and other things quite cheaply. Uh, and uh, I think that is what enhances the uh, – improves the herd, so to speak. Uh, and, and that's why the, the New Zealanders bubble to the top in categories of motorsport all around the world. There was a number of other classes running in LMP2. It was the inter-Europol competition car that took the victory in the LMGTE. It was Corvette Racing, and they managed to pick up that win. A car that was expected to be in that class but was moved late in the week was the Hendrix Motorsport uh, Chevrolet Camaro, and it ended up doing a, uh, a fantastic job with Johnson, Rockefeller and Jensen Button all on board. It performed, uh, it probably outperformed every expectation and kept many a person up overnight. Oh, it sure did, Craig. Uh, its sound was similar to the Cadillacs, but louder. Um, yeah, the, the, the big V8 noise that uh, the American brands are famous for. Uh, and, and it was really quite... Uh, uh, quite something to, to, to enjoy, I guess you would say, if you're a petrol head, uh, the, 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 the sound of it uh, echoing through the forest and coming towards you uh, and then uh, you know, rocking down that concrete canyon that, that is the, the pit straight, um, it was really something quite cool. Uh, except if you're trying to get a little nana nap under a desk in the media centre, um, you could only get a nap in four-minute uh, roughly uh, bites because it would come thundering past again. Uh, even with noise-cancelling headphones, it kept waking me up. 
It was a experience for the ages. It's 100 years since the first Le Mans 24 hour this year, the 91st running of the race. And Peter, the atmosphere, is it like anything you've experienced at a motor race before? The the nearest, I would say, is the Indy 500. Uh, of course, they also have a packed grid. They have, what, 300,000 uh, uh, fans. The, the difference, I would say, is that the Indy 500 is a single day, uh, uh, whereas Le Mans, it, just, it goes for more than a week, uh, and in particular the, the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, so many people, so intense. Uh, it's You just have to experience it firsthand. Um yeah, it is simply amazing. Uh, it does have its drawbacks that everything you want to do takes double or triple the time that it should just to make your way around the, the huge precinct uh, with, with all of those people. Um, but but on, the, on the most part, uh, everyone was happy and agreeable and that, that, that many people, uh, you didn't hear of any real troubles. Um, hey, everyone loves a, a party in the, in the summer sun. The photography side of things. How easy was it for a first-time photographer to be able to go out there and get those shots? Uh, access is difficult. It's a very large track, obviously, uh, but there are only three gates that you could get into to get get access. Uh, and then there was a bit of walking, lots of walking. There are also a few media shuttles that would take you through uh, to the, the further parts. Um, and it was just a case of how do you get familiar with it? You know, what's the best uh, corner to catch the, the sunset or the sunrise, uh, those sorts of things. Uh, so it was a huge, huge learning curve. Uh, I found myself typically about 20 minutes behind where I w- was ideal, uh, but uh, still pretty happy with what I got. Um, a, a couple of uh, the images will be appearing in uh, this week's uh, issue of Auto Action, so uh, you can check out a, a few shots there. Um, yeah, it, it's hard work. Um, uh, big learning curve of what works where. Uh, but, uh, yeah, pretty happy with it all. Um, I've set new records for the number of steps in a week, all of those sorts of things. It's, it's a hard slog. But uh, to me, it, it's a little bit like, you know, some people go fishing or hunting. Uh, it, it's uh, partly it's the, the thrill of the challenge. Uh, and when you, when you land something you're happy with, it's a pretty special feeling. What's the one lasting memory that you think will stay with you from this experience? Uh, it would have to be uh, being somewhat towards the, the front of the crowd to shoot the podium uh, and just the force of people trying to push forward. Um, it was, yeah, quite a crowd crush, uh, but, a, but a very friendly uh, large security guy. Um, yeah, in all of that chaos, all of that, uh, all of that pressure, um, he was uh, thoughtful enough that he kept ducking down so I could get a clear shot of uh, the, the podium. Um, just the, the intensity of, of all of those people, all of that moment, but uh, there was someone that was kind enough to help me out. That was pretty cool. Well, Peter, it doesn't end your sojourn in Europe. You have the British Formula One Grand Prix and then you're off to Goodwood before you return back to Australia. Uh, yes, yes, indeed. Uh, looking forward for Formula One. Going to enjoy that from the, the grandstands rather than uh, to, to do it from the photography viewpoint. But then uh, a couple of very, uh, uh, you know, very gentlemanly kind of days at Goodwood, uh, trying to uh, you know, ease my way into high society and all of that sort of stuff. Uh, we'll see how I go.
and a great opportunity to get the feel and the vibe to compare to the Adelaide Motorsport Festival, which you were part of earlier this year. Uh, yes, I think that there really is a place in uh, Australian motorsport for a, for a weekend that celebrates the history, but also looks at the technology and where we're headed. Uh, a real sort of you know, picnic atmosphere with, with the, the best of the breed uh, on display. Uh, I think that the Adelaide has a, quite a winning formula, and we know that the town of Adelaide, or city of Adelaide, uh, really knows how to, to welcome guests and put on a good show. So, uh, yeah, I think that the future for Adelaide is looking very strong. Peter, as always, a pleasure to catch up with you here on Inside Motorsport, and we hope you enjoy the next few weeks before you head off to Silverstone. Uh, thank you, Craig, and I hope you're enjoying the cold weather there back in Canberra. <laughs> yes, indeed. That's all we have time for this edition of Inside Motorsport. Until next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.